0: welcome in to the fog.net podcast michael swain here alongside scott chasen in lexington kentucky after kansas fell to kentucky 71 to 63 and what I would say was a lackluster performance from Kansas. Scott, what would be one word to describe the performance from Kansas?
1: Probably defensive, if you wanted to put a positive spin on it, because it it certainly wasn't offensive unless uh, you were offended by the quality of offense they played. Also, great to be here. Uh, Normally I just listen to these and edit them, so it's cool to be next to the circular weird mic. Oh, okay, so
0: we're going to talk... It's a cool
1: mic. (laughs) It's just different. I have a different mic that I use when I do things, and
0: it works. So starting off, I guess, just let's be positive. Let's start off positive. We can dive into the negatives a little bit later. What's one positive thing you could take from the game, a positive performance, a positive aspect of the performance, What's something you can walk away and say, okay, KU at least did this?
1: No, I thought it was... It's maybe not KU, but I thought it was a step in the right direction for a couple guys. I think you start with... You know, Ochai Abaji has played well, he's had games where he's played 20 minutes, but I mean, his last road game didn't go so well, and, and he said in the media leading up to the week that, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world, that he had a, a bad game and, and he got to, to kind of play through it, I thought that was promising. Uh, some might disagree with this, but I also thought Quentin Grimes, I thought his activity level was great, not good, but great, first half, he forced three Kentucky missed shots and a travel, uh, just with hard closeouts that I thought was nice, and uh, I thought can you missed him, he was wide open for three, I counted at least twice that Devon Dotson missed him and an additional time that he was I mean no defender within ten feet from three and I think he went three for five from three anyway, so I thought that was a, a step in the right direction for him. I thought he could have had an even better game, uh, had he, he really his teammates found him and I thought defensively he really picked up the intensity. So those two guys I, I thought took steps in the right direction. I, I really thought that everyone else kind of plateaued or really didn't do much.
0: Yeah, I think looking forward with Quinn especially these bigger games you've seen him them- you could argue get up for him. I mean, Michigan State. He has the he makes the six threes. I mean, he was so good against them. And then tonight, I thought he, again he was really good. It just super active, and that's the thing that you really want from him is that activity. That because sometimes he fades out of games, he sits in the corner, isn't necessarily as active. He'll quickly pass the ball and move the ball on. I felt like tonight he was really aggressive, looking for his shots, and that's not something that you've necessarily seen from him a lot of the time. I would also say that Dejounte Lawson had a really good performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, a 20-15 and 15 performance, and you can't ever say that's not a good performance. I do think, though, with him that he didn't score as efficiently as he usually does, 7-18 of 18 from the field. But I think a really positive thing that I'm taking from this, for Diedrich, especially, is the way that he shot the three balls of late. He went 2-for-3 three from three tonight. He did it when KU went to a two-big lineup with David McCormick in the game. It was at least within a minute or two minutes of them being in that two-big lineup. Lawson went out to the wing and made a three. So that's something I'm, I'm going to do a film room on coming out Monday. But I thought that that's something that's really important going forward for KU spacing because you saw it tonight, Marcus Garrett really wasn't defended by Kentucky. I mean, the various guys that they had on him, they had him sagging off, going under screens. It was really a, one of those bad nights for Garrett offensively. Before we move into some of the
1: worst, not so good performances, any more positives you have? Well, I agree that Diedrich Lawson was solid. I thought KU defensively as a whole played really well in the first half. I don't, I don't know quite what Kentucky shot from the field in the second half, and obviously they got to the line a bunch uh, late. But you know, I, re- I really thought that first half they held Kentucky to to worse than thirty five percent shooting from the field, if I'm remembering correctly. And Kentucky didn't make a three in the first half. I, I thought that was a, a step in the right direction for Kansas. Second half, maybe not so much rebounding, especially in the second half was rough. But I mean, that was also a big Kentucky team and, and a road environment, so. So kind of a weird game for Kansas it was interesting to hear from Bill Self after the game we might talk about that in a little
0: yeah I think that, that rebounding thing that's a perfect segue into kind of the next big point was at halftime KU was only out rebounded by one and I really credit that a lot to Dedrick Lawson who had 11 rebounds at halftime 11 of KU's 25 I should say as well in the second half when KU started to get out rebounded Dietrich Lawson only had four rebounds in the second half, and I really do think a big reason of that is because he was down there banging with the guys, big guys, Reed Travis, P.J. Washington, a lot early on in that first half, and I felt like you could really see him deteriorate as the game went on. He was getting pushed around a little bit more, and as Bill Self said, he's lacking in the butt. You know, He doesn't really have big, thick legs and a strong base like Reed Travis does. And he really can't push guys around and when he gets on the boards he does use his his long arms to go and get boards but when he's getting muscled out of the way you
1: really your long arms really can't do much for you there. Yeah I, th- I thought Diedrich played a- aggressively I-, I would say inside in that first half especially he-, he rebounded three of his own misses so you know he misses eight or he takes 18 shots but Really, he only took 15 because three of those he got right back, and three actually came on one possession that he finished. He missed, got the rebound, missed, got the rebound, and then finally put it back up and in. So uh, in in that perspective, I would agree with you. I mean, he, he, like you said, 11-11 and, and 11 in, in the first half. He had a double-double by the, you know, right around that two-minute mark or something like that. It was just uh, – it was – that was that was something that was impressive because he's had games where he's struggled against maybe size or whatnot. I mean, go back to New Mexico State. It took him until, you know, he scored like the last 12 or 14 or whatever really to take over. So uh, for the most part, I, I thought that Diedrich Lawson was, um, I, I thought he was good in this game. Maybe not great. Great in the first half, maybe. Good for the game. Uh, obviously, yes, down the stretch he did uh, deteriorate, it's a good word, maybe a little bit. But uh, I, still, I thought he was, inarguably KU's best player of the game
0: sure and then who is maybe your biggest disappointment for this game offensively defensively who left you wanting more
1: Uh, I think it goes between Devon Dotson and Marcus Garrett and I I don't want to hate on Devon Dotson too much because I think he's having a rough stretch but obviously he was fantastic uh, playing point guard early in the season he's uh, unequivocally great but uh, I mean the fact of the matter is he you know he made one of four three point attempts in this game and it was an attempt when he caught it. he kind of double clutched and then went up for it that that I, I think made for uh, it made it an increasingly tough look but he made that one so you give him credit for that and I believe he had four assists to one turnover and I think that's a good sign. Uh, things that didn't go so well though I, I think he first of all fouls I mean he took himself out of the game on occasion I, I thought passing was an issue I thought he missed and not only Quentin Grimes, but I thought he missed open teammates all night. And the worst sequence of the game came when he pushed ahead in transition, dribbled into three Kentucky Wildcats. Then he turns around and throws it out to McCormick, who bricks an 18-footer. Now, McCormick should not have taken that, <laughs> that 18-footer. That's not Devon Vodafone's fault that he took that. However, that was a good example of what Bill Self has talked about early in the year. Bill Self has mentioned this. This is not me saying it. This is Bill Self saying that he has struggled with knowing, you know, what I want you to do, whether I want you to make the safe play, whether it's time to go for the lob. He he has a good feel for the game at times, and then other times he seems to lack that, especially in transition. So that was a case where he didn't have his finger on the pulse of the game. Uh, He, you know put KU in a position where David McCormick was wide open with the ball at the top of the key and had to make a decision of what to do, and and that's where you would want your point guard to kind of calm things down, pull it back out. In real time, I was sitting up watching with with Michael in in Lexington and thinking, man, this would really be the time to slow it down and get a good shot here. So uh, not an awful game from him. I I don't want to say that, but I I thought he wasn't very good. And then Marcus Garrett, obviously. Like, uh, one for nine, the floater wasn't there, struggled to finish all game. I just thought a poor performance when he was running back up point guard. It was a disaster, so they needed Dotson on the floor for that for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a rough game from Garrett.
0: I think there's one play that really symbolized how uh, not with it Marcus Garrett and Devon Dotson were. Bill Self was going to run a set, and Devon listens to Bill. He was on the left wing and basically listened and then moved the ball on to Marcus to get it started. Marcus was not looking at Devon. He was looking, I believe, at the corner or down in the post, and the just went right out of bounds. And it was just that in itself just showed you that I think really that those two players weren't on the same page as they usually are. With Marcus Garrett, as of late, he's been finishing really well around the rim. A lot of that is because he stopped trying to take really tough floaters. That's something that you saw really early in the season was that he'd get into the lane and do a jump stop and then do a little jump float. And those never went in for him. And then as of late, he's been using his length to get to the rim to finish at the rim. But tonight you saw him try and revert back to that floater after he got a shot blocked early on by Nick Richards. I really felt like Garrett didn't necessarily have it going driving to the lane. He went one for nine from the field. I really fe- and they also just completely didn't guard him, as I mentioned earlier it's that's something that's going to be a problem for key going forward is that spacing because if they're going to continue to do this four guard lineup with marcus garrett at the four that spacing is going to be ever crucial because you can't have teams digging into Diedrich and have Diedrich playing in a crowd because then that takes Diedrich out of the game that basically takes marcus garrett out of the game and that takes basically devon Dotson out of the game because all he can do not all he can do but he's really good at driving and he's not necessarily a good outside three point shooter as good as he is off the catch you wouldn't want him shooting a high volume of those threes. So I really do think that Marcus Garrett and his ability to not only make shots at the rim, but to make shots from outside is really important for K going forward. I mean, his two threes, I didn't necessarily hate the threes that he took, but it's just more frustrating
1: that they didn't necessarily go in. I also thought, too, I wanted to bring up that LeGerald Vick let himself completely get taken out of the game. He was 2-for-6 going into the final 90 seconds, and, you know, Bill Self credited the defense by Kentucky, but he also said in that post-game press conference, again, Bill Self said this, this is not me saying this, this is Bill Self saying this, that they ran action specifically to get LeGerald Vick open, and I think a very valid criticism of LeGerald Vick has been that he's not very good at times of consistently showing effort to get open that was a case of what happened today if they're running things to get him open if you're a senior if you're the best three-point shooter on the team cut harder, you know, how many times did you see him jog through the lane or, or jog back to or do whatever, where it's, you know, go get the ball, go make a play, and yes, he has been criticized, rightfully so at times, for forcing up bad shots, but that's not the same thing as working hard to get yourself open. Conversely, I thought Quentin Grimes did that better than anyone for KU and didn't get the ball at times, so there, there's, it's a sliding scale. Just because you get open doesn't mean you're going to get the ball for shots, so maybe it's possible, you know, if you go back and rewatch the game, there might be times where Dodson or Garrett or Grimes to get the ball to Vic certainly could be possible Charlie Moore also didn't play and while Charlie Moore has played atrociously you know at times at times this year uh, he is still a guy who shot you know well from three last year had that six for nine game my point is that teams at least guard him for three so maybe Vic has a little bit more space then you can come up with ways to say well here's why things went poorly the fact of the matter is they did and and Vic to go two of six to not have a made three I believe until that those final 90 seconds you need more from your only senior on the road. you, you got to have a better performance than that.
0: And going off of that, with, with Vic and with going on the road, this is a, a young KU team. You need that senior to say, okay, guys, hold on, I got this. And that's just not something that you've seen from LaGerald Vic on the road this year. <clears throat> they're, they're one and
1: four on the road now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a serious problem. I think that it's not an indictment on LaGerald Vic at all, but I think that just speaks to the lack of, of leadership that this team does have as good yeah. as, you know, Marcus Garrett is, is telling where people should be, you know, getting, make sure, make sure everyone's in the right spots defensively, but there's something to be said for that guy that can grab the rest of the guys by the scruff of the neck and say, I got this, you know, like what Devonte Graham, like what Frank Mason have done in the past. This team just doesn't have that. And you want when Vic to be that guy, but I think at this point in the season, I think it's pretty evident that he's not going to be that guy. I would say this, one positive aspect, if you want to maybe put a, try and put a positive spin on it, I did think that LeGerald drove the ball well. That's not necessarily something that he's always done. Mm-hmm. I would also say that I did think that he got on the boards. Six rebounds was yeah, good. I think six rebounds for him is great. He had mm-hmm. four at halftime. And I think it's so funny because every time at halftime I'm, I look at the stats and I can't remember how many times LeGerald Vic has had four, five rebounds at half and then gotten one or two in the second half. I don't know what happens in the second half for him rebounding the ball, but that's just something that I've kind of noticed going forward. Yeah, and
1: one thing real quick, in the Iowa State loss, again, you know, their names, Bill Self's message was that KU doesn't have the type of leader who steps up in that situation. And he, he's been quick to note at times, it's not a lack of experience, but a lack of that type of personality. And some guys just, you know, quite frankly, aren't that personality. Perry Ellis was never that personality. He was good as a senior. He had a great year. So that in, of, in and of itself is not to necessarily say, Vick's worthless, he's worthless. He doesn't fit this archetype that KU has had in the past. But that's not who he is. And Self has maybe said that Dietrich Lawson could be that or, or is one of their better candidates for it. But he's, he said it's important to have a, a guard with the ball in his hand. So that really becomes Devon Dotson, Quentin Grimes, I, I suppose Charlie Moore who didn't play in this game. So uh, it really falls down to, to one of the two of them. And Devon is seen as a more vocal guy. So maybe it's him but at the same time, he's still trying to work out things too. He's still trying to to get better control of the offense and and still trying to figure out you know what passes to make what is going to make Coach Self happy. What types of plays to make a transition? And obviously, Grimes is trying to figure out a lot right now. You know, two games ago might have been his worst game of the season. This was a pretty good rebounding performance or rebound performance against a good team. But now let's see if he can take the next step. I don't, I don't know how many rebounds, I don't, I don't know all the other stuff. He did not have an especially active games in terms of getting numbers on those end. When I talk about his activity, I'm talking about getting open and getting shots. Those aspects I thought were positive. I, I don't think he necessarily had a great aspect in terms of activity in crashing the glass or getting a bunch of steals, which has been a, a huge issue for him this year. Have you
0: looked at the fast break stats yet? No. Nope. If you were to guess, how many fast break points do you think KU
1: had? In this game, I remember Grimes had two. Mm -hmm. He had two in transition on a layup, and I can't imagine it was much more than that. They had six fast break points, and Kentucky Mm -hmm. had eight. For this team, if they are
0: not going to make as many three-pointers, and I thought that they did well from three tonight, in general, nine of twenty-three. I think Bill Self said after the game that they would take that. that that's a you want to what? That's a good performance from three for this team, especially. Yeah. That's just under forty percent. That's not terrible, but if you are going to give up as many offensive rebounds as they did, you need to push the ball in transition and get good looks in transition and finish. I think that that is something that is more of an indictment on Devon Dotson, as you mentioned earlier, is that decision-making in transition and taking advantage of those limited transition opportunities that KU does get. Because, again, you're going to go up against bigger teams in the tournament, in the Big 12. You need to be able to find different ways to get easy points if teams are going to find ways to score easy points on you.
1: Yeah, well, I'll say this. To the transition point, K would four steals today. No. and. Again, for a smaller team, if you're going to play small, you need to, you know, Bill Self even said they were showing token pressure just because they didn't have defensive activity and he thought maybe that would lead to something, but, you know, four steals, that's, that's not enough, and zero from Dotson and Grimes together. That number needs to be about three every game, I think, for KU to kind of, maybe even not maximize its potential defensively, but just... You know, just to have a shot based off you know defense. I don't know what the numbers say of how many games Grimes hasn't gotten a ton of steals this year, but Dotson has. You know, he's had a bunch of multi steal games, Mm -hmm. so I think that's where a lot of that number comes from. And again, I mean, I was advocating on the on the one possession I was talking about for Dotson not to go in transition, but I think that does speak to the idea that there need to be enough opportunities in transition for KU to get easy points, even if some of them are just, hey, slow it down, we're not going to take a bad shot. The reason why that number, I think you said six for Kansas, I mean, it was six and not eight, Was it, it wouldn't have been fast break points if David McCormick doesn't shoot that and they, mm-hmm. they run an offensive set. But I'll tell you what, it probably or maybe mm-hmm. would have been points. So, you know, it, it would have been a better result than in a, a miss bricked 18-footer. So Yeah, and quickly then, just run through the bench performances. What would you think of K.J.
0: Lawson, David McCormick, both of them, before we get into try,
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think anything of K.J. Lawson. His minutes were pretty forgettable. But uh, David McCormick, I, I thought he obviously missed the front end of 1-1, one one, missed a shot. But KU won its its minutes with him on the floor, so um, maybe the too big look, whatever. But I, I thought he looked uncomfortable. The team rebound KU got, if it was credited correctly. It might have been erroneously credited to him. I haven't gone back and looked. Uh, but it was where David McCormick mistimed his jump and the ball got knocked out of bounds. Fans thought it was off Kansas. I didn't get a great look in real time. I thought it was Kentucky ball, but maybe it was Kansas ball. I didn't get a great look. That's a hand up on me, but uh, that, that was a David McCormick moment where it's you got to time that jump better. So forgettable for KJ, but for David Dye, I, I, I I thought he was okay because, again, I thought KU looked okay, but, man, he had some bad moments too. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was just that
0: pull-up in and- transition just yeah. that was a I don't even know what to call it is that a, a, a young freshman mistake or is that just a lapse in judgment yeah.
1: Bill Self was furious with that with that whole possession I mean, I mean you saw his reaction from the sideline furious with that entire possession David McCormick needs to know better not to shoot it but also Devon Dotson slow it down get into an offensive set I think both of them could have done better there for sure all right so moving into Ochai's performance. I thought that
0: in the first half, he was great. He made KU's first three of the game at the 13, around the 13-minute mark. I thought that just in general, he brought energy off the bench, and KU just looks like an entirely different team when he's in the game. I thought that something has become really easy to see on the scouting report, and it's that lob play that they run for Ochai. Kentucky snuffed that out as soon as KU went into that set, and Got a. I think they stole the ball on the lob itself and then got an easy bucket in transition off of that. But I do believe that for Ochai, just the energy
1: that he brings is going to be paramount for them going forward. Good bounce back game after the West Virginia. Uh not debacle. That's unfair. He played four minutes, though. Uh, that's really all I have to say about Ochai. This was classic Ochai. You know, classic <laughs> five or six games, but classic Ochai.
0: Yeah. Alright, so looking forward, KU plays at Texas in Austin on Tuesday. That's going to be a really big game for KU to bounce back. First of all, just another road game for KU to test themselves. And they're still in a tie for first place in the Big 12 with Kansas State, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And going forward, we're really now hitting the stretch run here, and I think that this next game is going to be really important for, because KU, again, 1-3 on the road this year. That is just not good at all. So this next
1: road performance is going to be important. Any words on Texas? Well, it's just funny because you'd think it's crucial and you'd think maybe K-State's figured it out. They've won a bunch of games in a row and then what do they do? They go and lose a game to Texas A&M and, and look awful offensively. I mean, look as bad as they've looked all year. So, uh, man, it's an important game for Kansas in terms of if they win this one, other teams are really liable to drop, especially sweeping an opponent. Anytime you get a sweep, that, that's, you know, Bill Self has the saying that, you know, if you win at home, you're even. If you lose at home, you're minus one. If you win on the road, you're plus one. If you lose on the road, you're even. So the point being that winning at home or losing on the road is expected. It's what can you do beyond that to elevate yourself, and I think this is a prime opportunity for KU to do that against, you know, a Texas team that hasn't beaten KU in Big 12 Plus since Shaka Smart took over. Quite frankly, I I would expect Kansas to come out and win this game. I I will be picking Kansas to win this game, and quite frankly, I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't.
0: Yep, that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU coverage from the Kentucky game leading into the Texas game. As always, you can follow Scott on Twitter, at Chasen Scott, and myself on Twitter, at msway97. And with that said, we'll talk to you Tuesday night.